Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Choosing Happy podcast. I'm really excited to bring you this episode because I had the opportunity to interview James Wedmore. He's a coach and mentor of mine. He's also the founder of Business by Design. He's an eight-figure entrepreneur and he hosts the podcast, the Mind Your Business podcast. So I was really excited to get to talk to him one-on-one -on -one, and he has some great wisdom to share. He's also generously given me the link to a free training, Your First 100 Leads, and you can find that in the show notes. So let's dive in. Hello everyone and thank you for joining me and my very special guest, James Wedmore. Welcome, James. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, thank you for making the time to be here. Um, just to let everybody know, I've been a follower of James and a student of James for over two years, and it's massively helped me in my business online. And it's been such a journey, an amazing journey. Mm -hmm. And I've had such massive changes in perspective and mindset around business, as well as all of the practical tips. And that's been so, so very valuable. And I wanted really to, to bring you on to get your thoughts and knowledge around creating a business, doing what you love online, especially in 2021, after all of the mm -hmm. uncertainty and change. Um, first of all, could you just tell us a little bit about you, your business, and who you help. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. Um, well, it's going on 15 years now uh, that I decided I'm going to build something on the internet. And a lot of changes, evolutions over the years, but the theme has stayed the same in that I've built a business, a life, a living around getting paid to uh, teach, to share, to solve problems, to coach, and to help. I've done this through online courses, memberships, group coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching, uh, live events, virtual events, mastermind retreats, all that type of stuff. I've done it all. You've been around this long. You end up having a lot of experience. And today, what I get just absolutely the most passionate about is helping entrepreneurs that want to do the same. They want You want to create something uh, out of your experience, out of your knowledge, course, program, product, and get paid to sell it. Create it once and get paid over and over again for it. And um, what we really focus on is, is how to turn this into a business. There's a lot of advice out there. There's a lot of bad advice out there. And what we get really passionate about is how to actually build a structured, sustainable, reliable, predictable business uh, out of this model, even in uncertain times, like where a lot of people have all found ourselves. So that's what I do. <laughs> um, you just mentioned there's, there's a lot of bad advice out there. Why mm. would people listen to James Wedmore rather than maybe someone else? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing I always say is listen to yourself. Um, in fact, I, I, I try to avoid advice altogether. Um, I don't know what's best for you or any of your listeners. Um, so you want to be careful taking advice at all because people are going to tell you what to do. Here's the best way. 
here's the one way, here's the right way, here's the only way. And because that was their experience, but you're not them. And what I like to do is I like to teach from principles, which principles are unwavering truth. Yeah. Uh, and I can give examples of them. And, and when you understand principles, to use a bowling analogy, the principles are like the bumper lanes on a bowling alley that keep you in bounds so you don't gutter ball it. I don't want you to hit a gutter ball. But you still throw it the way you want to throw it. So you shouldn't take any advice from me. What you should always be doing is listening to yourself first. And I think a lot of people don't trust themselves and um, or they're in their head a lot. They're overthinking. They're operating from a lot of fear. And uh, that's to be normal. You know, when you start a business, it's scary. It's new. It's different. It's uncertain. All that, all that jazz, right? Um, but anytime someone gives you this very like bold, um, absolute advice, this is the one and only way to ever do anything, it, I, I would be very mindful of that. Um, but I would encourage an open mind to a different way of thinking and looking at things that I have to share from my perspective. And that's based on a lot of experience uh, in my own success and also being able to help a lot of people. And that's like the first thing is like, okay, be able to do it yourself, check. And then can that be replicated with various other people? And when people see me today, they're like, oh, he's got a, he's got a big business, like a figure company and reaches all these people and all that type of jazz. And they go, well, that's easy for you. Hmm. I've had people say that. Oh, well, you're James. You're James, blah, 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 blah. And what they have to understand is who you see here today is not who I was when I started. My, I didn't inherit a business, right? Someone didn't just give it to me. I, I started where we all start, which is scratch, right? <laughs> the bottom zero, step one. And, um, and so everything I'm sharing is coming from me having started there where we all start and just doing something for a long time and, and learning a lot about what I was doing wrong the mistakes I was making and better ways of doing things. So hopefully that will offer something for your listeners as a different, that's what I encourage is like a different way to look at things. I don't want to tell you what to do. I don't want to give you advice. I want to offer a different way to look at things because the late Wayne Dyer said, when you change the way you think about things or look at things, the things you think about change and it's a change in thinking first. So hopefully we can do that today. Um, on that note, what's if someone's looking to to create a business around something they're passionate about and they love, um, is it always easy for them to do that? Is you know how do they measure whether it can be a successful business or whether there's a market for that? Mm, yeah, these are these are great questions. Here's what I'd say at first. I'm a big stickler on this. You should always be paying attention to what you love, what lights you up, what gets you excited. Almost as if like, if you feel an emotional tug towards something, why deny it? The only reason you would deny that urge is because you're in your head. And that means you're overthinking it. And I think we're here to, to experience life. I think we're here to feel. And I think feeling is more important than we give self-credit to. And, and you want to ask yourself, like, what do you want to predominantly feel? And 
if right now you're thinking about a business idea and it's kind of like, oh, this is this thing I love. Wouldn't it be great to be paid for that? Then don't, isn't that how you want to spend the predominant time of your life is doing what you love, feeling this feeling of love and passion and enthusiasm and excitement. And so if that's already leaning you in one direction, why would we deny that? Now, where I like to come in and say, listen to that, but then let's, let's apply some uh, business practicality to it. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to put a 90-day deadline on your idea. And that's it. It's all you need. You're saying more than that, then um, you're just trying to stay safe and comfortable. All you need is 90 days. In 90 days, your first 90 days is how do I validate this idea? Well, how do you measure validation? The only way to measure validation of an idea. So a lot of people go around, they ask their friends and they say, hey, I'm thinking about starting this business. I'm thinking about this idea. What do you think? And your friends want to, they love you. They want to support you. So what do they do? They say, I think it's great. Right? Or they want to protect you from disappointment. So they go, you know what? You're happy in your job. Just do that. Right? So be careful who you listen to and who you get that advice from, yeah. as I said. So the only way to actually validate an idea is to, period, you cannot argue this, is to get paid for it. Well, all my friends said, this is a great idea. I asked social media and social media told me it was a great idea. But all they're telling you is that it's a great idea. That doesn't mean it's validated. Validation happens when you put the offer out there, you ask for the sale, and someone pulls out their credit card or logs into their PayPal account, and they send you money. And not a moment before that. And so in the digital product online education world, you can do that in 90 days, even if no one knows you right now. You really can do it in 90 days. And this is a process that we call the beta launch, what I call monetizes before you make it. And it can be as simple as this. A lot of people have asked, this is what, what you could say on social media, you could say to your friends, family, followers, whoever, whoever is following you right now. And you say something to the effect of, a lot of people have been talking to me about how to launch a podcast. I'm thinking about putting together a program to teach people how to start, launch, and grow their podcast. If you're interested, send me a message, send me a DM, send me a note. That's the first step. And then you can just reach out to those people and say, hey, I'm going to put this together. It's probably going to be about four weeks, three weeks to six weeks of weekly training. And um, I'm going to probably sell it for like a thousand bucks, but I'm looking for my first group of people for $4.97. I'm only going to do 10 spots. You in? And they're either going to say yes or no. And if you do that with 20 people, 10 people, even five people, and they all say no, you just got your answer on to the next idea. If, if even one of them says I, yes, though, if you ask 10 people and even one says yes and gives you the money, you're on to something. You're on to something. Two, three, four, five people say yes. That's your business. That is, that is the beginning. Doesn't mean it's overnight millions of dollars, but whoa, whoa, whoa. I just got people to stop, to listen, to pay attention to me and invest in something that I can help them with. And people will spend years of their life going, what could I create? What could I teach? What could I share? What could I build a business on? 
Uh, I've, I hear it all the time. I just need to pick an idea. And you can validate and prove an offer in less than 90 days. You can actually do that in less than nine minutes. You could be on this episode right now and someone could have written that post and put it on Facebook by now. And boom, technology is so fast. Someone could already be, I'm in, I'm interested. Tell me more. But we're not doing that. A lot of people are spending, most people, especially those that are struggling, are spending more time overthinking it. They're spending more time daydreaming about it. And at the end of the day, you don't have a business until someone gives you money, until the sale is made. And that sale doesn't get made until you put yourself out there and ask for it. Hey, I'd like to work together with you. I'd like to be able to help you with this. Is this something you're interested in? If so, let's get you signed up. You know, yeah, you're going to get rejected. You're going to get no's. You're going to get people that say, oh, blah, 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 opinion, opinion, judgment, judgment. And then you're going to get someone that says yes. And the person that says yes may just be someone whose life you get to change. And this type of business is very, very simple to start. It's very simple to grow. But for so many people, it becomes such a struggle. And I'm here to say that one of the biggest reasons it's such a struggle has nothing to do with anything but how we get in our own way. Because we get so wrapped up with what people will think, what they'll say, what they'll do. What if we get a no? What if we get a refund? What if we get rejected? What if they say it's not good enough? What if they say I'm not good enough? That we will say no to our dreams to preserve our ego. And I'm here to tell you, that they will say it's not good enough. They will judge you. They will think their thoughts about you as people have about me. And at the end of the day, I will take a million people that don't like me, have something bad to say about me if it means I get to help and transform just one person's life. And that's worth it to me. If preserving the ego, preserving self-image what people think of you is more important than helping people, then you will never launch. You'll never put it out there. You'll never ask and we'll stay stuck. And that's what a lot of people do. But in 90 days and really nine days, I never give anybody who works with me more than 90 days to do anything. Because if you need more than 90 days, you're procrastinating big time. And that's all you need is 90 days to test and validate an idea and get up and running. Um, one of the things that I know I've been very guilty of is trying to do too many things at once, having two or three ideas and not sticking with one. What's the advice mm -hmm. around that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do that. Stop it. That's my advice. <laughs> okay. But here's my advice is um, that, cause I'm kidding. Cause I want to try to yeah. avoid advice. I want to, I want to, I want to get people to think of it like this. This yeah. is you're familiar with the bridge metaphor. Yes. Um, so there's, two points in my metaphor. There's point A, which is where you are. And there's point B, which is where you'd like to be. Where you are and where you'd like to be. Now, where you'd like to be is kind of like a different experience of the world. Maybe you have more money. With more money, you go, oh, I don't have to worry about money. I could go on that vacation or take more time off or, or buy my kids something that they want for their birthday or something, right? You know, and we start to idealize this future. And that's beautiful. We start creating goals and outcomes and visions and we daydream. We have affirmations and visualizations. And I love that. That's the point B. We call that destination island. And then there's reality island. There's where you are. It's like, well, the money that's in the bank account, the time that I have, where my day goes, the business, how much money I made last month. That's where we are. And so what we do in the 3D is we say, I'm going to build a bridge from where I am to where I'd like to be. 
something that's going to get me there. And that can be a product. It can be a new business. It can be, you know, like we built an, we created an Airbnb business in 2020 during quarantine, during pandemic. How about that? We went into the tourism industry. We went into the travel industry in the middle of quarantine. And by the way, it's booming. $600,000 a year uh, in the first year of bookings with our properties. Right. Anything's possible, folks. Yeah. We did that in a people called me like friends and they're like, Are you okay? Like everything just shut down and you bought all these homes and what are you gonna do? Are you freaking out right now? I was like, No, I think we'll be okay. And here we are. Very grateful for that. So we say, I'm gonna do this thing. I'm gonna start a business, I'm gonna create an app, I'm gonna write a book, I'm gonna sell a product, I'm gonna create coaching clients. And each one of those revenue streams is a bridge. So here's what happens. We create one bridge. Like, I'm going to create a software app. So we have the idea, we wireframe it, we come up with features and buttons and designs and the angles, and then we look for programmers and, and then we find the programmer and then there's contracts and, and asking questions and initial designs in the back and forth and boom, 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 boom. And then all of a sudden, we're not as inspired or excited as we were when we said, I'm going to do this thing. We kind of get tired and we kind of lose our way or maybe things get hard or... Or maybe we get lost or stuck or we start going the wrong direction with this and we're like questioning ourselves. And then all of a sudden someone comes by and says, you should be getting coaching clients. Because coaching clients, you can get revenue money right now. So you're like, yeah, I'm going to do that. So who am I going to, what am I going to coach with? And we figure out our niche and our ideal client and how we're going to put our offer together and creating the time for that and the process to get people on phone calls and scheduling them and setting that all up. And that starts going and we're like, man, this is getting a little heavy and maybe not the direction I wanted to go. And then all of a sudden someone's talking about a book. And if I create a book, then I can get more coaching clients and that will fund the app and I can build the app too. So I'm going to start writing, but I don't know what I'm going to write about. And I got to get a, a good title and a good tagline. And maybe I should create the outline. I'm already... St- Ooh, you've been so busy. That's months of work right there. And what are you doing? When you pull back, you worked a little bit on the first bridge and then you went to the second bridge. You worked a little bit on the next bridge. Then we went to the third bridge. Some people have how many bridges? Three, four, five. 10 bridges. But what's the problem here? None of these got finished. So you, if you have a location where you are and where you'd like to be, and you could have a thousand bridges, but none of them get you to point B. If none of them are finished, you could go 99% of the way with all of them and you'd still wouldn't be where you want to be. And then we, this makes, this makes sense, right? Yeah, Absolutely. So then you bring in this idea of context switching. You can Google this. This is a real thing. Context switching is this phenomenon that they've been able to test where they are able to describe the loss of wasted time and energy every time you switch projects. Or in this example, switch bridges. So if you're sitting there working on bridge A and then you go to bridge B and then you hop back to A and then let's go to C for a little bit, They've measured anywhere from 10, roughly about 10% of your energy is lost to switching contexts. So when you have three bridges, 30% of your energy gone, wasted. And I understand why we're doing all these bridges. I understand it. For one, it keeps us safe. It keeps, gives us the illusion that we're staying busy. Oh, look how productive I was. That's good. Let's get more busy by creating more projects. 
And then as soon as it gets uncomfortable or challenging, we switch to the other bridge. So they get to keep you safe. It's also this other idea where you have this thought looming in the back of your head, kind of driving a lot of your behavior. What if this doesn't work? What if this bridge will never get me to Desire Island? Wouldn't it be safer and smarter to build multiple bridges? Wouldn't I be hedging my bets? Maybe. But how much more time and energy is wasted bouncing between all the bridges? So what I tell people is I ask them one, I, I, it's a two-step process, really. I say, I write down all your bridges. Write them all down, see them on paper. So you know how many you have. This is why people are working so much. They're working on so many things. And then I ask a really simple question, but you, this question is only available in your heart. And it's not in your head. And you got to get out of your head and into your body. And you got to feel the answer and you got to trust the answer. A lot of people don't trust themselves. And the question I would ask you is if you knew that all of these bridges would be wildly successful, equally successful, if you knew them to all be a success, but you could only choose one, which one would you choose? And everyone who I ask that question always has an answer come to them. Isn't that interesting? They just always, oh, you know what? This one just jumped off the page. And I say, great. So that's the one you focus on. Now notice, I didn't give advice. Yeah. I didn't tell you what to focus on. I, I, I love coaching. I think, I think we all need a great coach in our life. And I think we can all be our own great coach, but we need to learn how to coach ourselves first. And I have a team of coaches. You know, in my programs, we include coaches. And I, I train my coaches personally. And I say, the number one thing I teach them is I say, you're not here to give answers. You are here to ask our clients better questions than they have been asking themselves. The quality of your life is determined by the quality of questions you ask. And we're asking ourselves some really crappy questions. And so what I love to do is come in and ask you the question that you've been unwilling to ask yourself. And you'll notice answers there. The answer, boom. Oh my goodness. Clarity found. Yes. Yeah. And that was an example of that. If you knew all of these would be wildly successful, which one would you do? If you knew, because how? If, if you're not asking that question, you're driving your decisions out of fear. I'm afraid this bridge won't work. I'm afraid this project won't work. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do the safer one. I'm going to do the risk-free one. I'm going to do the safe one. Did anyone do a ever do a TED talk on how to, how to not take risks and be safe and boring in your life? If you're choosing to be an entrepreneur, risk is inherent. Yeah. It requires a little risk taking. It, it requires being bold. It requires being unapologetic, putting it out there, putting yourself out there. But people say, I want to be an entrepreneur, but they're like, I don't want to do that. But that's what we signed up for. It's about time we do it. And fortune favors the bold, right? As they say. So there you go. <laughs> you mentioned um, context switching. And yeah. as I've um, grown my business, I did have, especially during lockdown, I've had two additional jobs from home to, to get an income. What advice would you give to someone who's, sort of in that situation where you may be doing, you know, three hours on one thing, three hours on another, and then trying to fit your own business mm -hmm. into that. Yeah. I have a couple of thoughts to offer. Um, but, you know, the first is like, 
I believe all businesses, we have to go through kind of like a hustle phase. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I want us to go through it as fast as possible. Sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes it's like, I need to get a job here. I need to bring in this income here and I need to keep doing this. And my advice to that is if that's what you got to do, decide to do it, you do it. And there's no complaining about it. Yeah. This is what you've decided to do because it's our choice. I am choosing because I'm committed to make this business work, but it's in a small fledgling state right now. So in the meantime, I still have bills, responsibilities and stuff. So I have to get another job. No, change that. I get to get another job. I choose to get another income source here. And right now I'm going to be working a little bit longer than I'd like to be, but I'm working towards something. And that's what people forget. Building a business is not building a job. It's building a machine that creates money. A lot of entrepreneurs are chasing money. Don't chase money. Chase building a machine that makes money. Don't focus on making money. Focus on making a machine that makes money. And so if I made a machine that makes money, there's two phases. There's the phase of building the machine, and then there's the phase of the machine making the money. So one of those phases is going to be a lot easier than the other. Right? Yeah. And... Some people think that, oh, I'm working so hard right now means that's how they're going to work for the rest of their life. And I always thought, I always realized, I always saw that in my head. No, no, no. I'm working towards something. I'm building something. It won't always be like this. And I'm willing to put it in now so it'll pay off later. But people don't stay with things. They keep creating new bridges. They don't finish the first one. They jump to the second one. They go to the third. Boom, 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 boom. But as you've watched me and followed me, I'm doing the same thing I've always been doing. Discipline, consistency, momentum. We're making, um, I would have to say like three to five times more revenue we're making now than when you first found me and I'm working less. Yeah. Because I'm doing the same thing. I'm rinsing, I'm repeating, I'm building that momentum. I built the machine. Now I just monitor it. Now I just manage it. And so I would say to someone, is if that's the phase you're in, in your life and in your business, choose it, accept it, own it, know that you're working towards something better than that. And it's not going to, it's not going to last like this. It's not going to, Oh, this, this is a long, tough day. Yeah. It might be tough days. Absolutely. And it's a phase we're building. We're working towards something. I had those long days. Absolutely. And there's another side. The other thing I'm going to say is I always, I always like to create this uh, infrastructure for people. It's very simple. Create a game with your life is a very simple game that you get to create. It's called the if, when this, then that. When this, then that. So you can do things like, when I have X amount of dollars in the bank account, then I will blank. When I have this, then I will that. So for example, you could sit there and say, the, the job I have fuels the income so that I can pay bills, etc. So you could say, when I have... X amount of dollars saved up in my savings account, I will quit the job. Or you could sit there and say, I'm working towards getting clients in my business. And you could say, when I have 10 clients or whatever, when I have X clients, I will quit the job. So you create a game for yourself to get yourself out of the situation. Yeah. Once I have, and I did this, I used to be a bartender. 
And when I was a bartender, I, I was a, a mobile bartender, which means I would go to parties and I would bartend. And at first it was really fun. And then it became really tiring. And I was like, this is not what I want to do with the rest of my life. And I was tired doing it. It was a lot of work, you know, every night, like four or five nights in a row. And you're like setting up a bar at someone's house. And then you're cleaning and you're there until like two in the morning when I had parties and standing on your feet. And I'm like, and sometimes you're driving two hours to get there and then driving home, you're getting home at three or four in the morning. And I, I was like, I'm, I'm trying to start the business on the side. And it was hard because the bartending was my job that made me money, guaranteed, consistent money every week. The business wasn't making any money. It was just not making much. But I gave myself a game. I said, um, once I said, I think I said, once I have X amount of dollars, whatever it was in the bank account, so I felt safe as like my safety number, then I can decide when I'm going to quit the bartending. And so I got that money. So that money, boom, was in the account. And then I said, October 31st, Halloween of that year, I think this was 2006, pretty sure it's 2006, will be my last party that I bartend. Now there's something powerful about integrity. Integrity is being your word. You've heard me talk about it. Yeah. Honoring your word. And even back then, I was young, 26, 27, and it was year 2006. And I said, this would be my last party. I can tell you, I remember the party. I remember how much money I made that night. I remember the woman. I remember where it was. I can still go back to that memory 15 years ago. And um, she paid me $600 that night. Now, to put that in context, I used to charge $150 and would make $50 tip. And this woman gave me $600. It's like the universe was giving me the extra sign. It's time to move on because I was worried about money. And then all of a sudden I get $600. I'm like, that's like three or four bartending gigs right there in one night. And I knew, yep, it's time to, to hang up my hat here and focus on this business thing full-time. And that's a hard thing for people to do because we have a hard time letting go. Especially the older we get, when we're little kids, as we do it all the time, but we get older, we try to hold on more. And so it's scary. It's scary to let go. Let go is something that's giving you sustainability, certainty, especially in a world of uncertainty. But what I have found, and you have to just try this yourself, don't believe me, is that when something's not working in your life anymore, and when not, by me not working, like it's not making you happy, it's a drain. When you choose to let go, every single time, 100% of the time, I experience that what you let in is so much more than what you let go of. That you have to let go in order to let in. And that was a beautiful opportunity for me to learn that lesson. I had to let go of something. And when I did, it let in so much more. When I finally said, I'm going to take this thing seriously. And here we are 15 years later, eight-figure company, been able to reach a ton of people, help a ton of people, still doing what I love. And I couldn't imagine where I'd be today if I was still bartending drunk people's parties like five nights a week. I would be miserable. And I don't want anyone being miserable. I want everyone doing what they love, loving what they do being good at what they do, 
getting fulfillment out of what they do, making a difference with what they do, getting paid for what they do, making a lot of money for what they do. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. I mean, um, the, the podcast is called Choosing Happy. As a final mm. sort of thought and question, what's your, what's your, I was going to say definition, that's not really, what's your interpretation of happiness? Oh, beautiful. I love the title, Choosing Happiness. Um, yeah, my interpretation and my relationship with happiness, um, happiness is the way, not the destination. Um, happiness should be unconditional. In other words, we tend to condition happiness like we condition love, right? Yeah. I'll be happy when, I'll be happy if, I need you to be a certain way so I can be happy. And I think the ultimate, ultimate test, I guess, I don't know, is no matter what externally is happening in your life, can you choose happiness? That's why I love that title. It's, it's a choice yeah. right now. And you are where your attention is. So a lot of why you may not feel happy it's an opportunity to look at where have you been keeping your attention. Uh, I've gone through tough things in my life. My dad is really sick right now. Uh, he probably doesn't have much more time. And uh, the hardest part about that is that it's kind of a painful going for him. Like, it's not like he's just there and then he just passes in his sleep. Like, he's got to go through a lot of the physical stuff. And that's really hard. It's really hard to see yeah. someone you love and care about in a lot of physical pain. But you find um, you find the beauty in even those things that are the hardest in our life, like death, dying, suffering, pain, and with the people your own life and the people you care about. You find beauty in that. He lived a long life. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's not sudden. It would be so much more tragic if we didn't have a chance to recapitulate our life with him to say our goodbyes and to close up any loose ends that a lot of times a son and his father can have. Right. Could you imagine if like we had a lot of unresolved tension and he just gets hit by a car, heaven forbid, and boom, that was it. You didn't even get to. So there's blessings in that. I'm happy that, that there's warnings and there's times to process it. And um, you look at, the coronavirus and the pandemic and quarantine. And it's, it's really real and tragic. People aren't talking about how suicides are gone up, the mental health issues that people are dealing with. And that's tragic. Yeah. I, I hate that. I hate it because why I hate it so much and, and wish more people would talk about it and, and more people would, would, reach out to those in need and, and help in any way they can is because there is another side that you don't always hear about, but, but you talk to a lot of people and that the last year of their life, this, this life, not their life, this, this last year that we've all gone through that people call 2020 has been such an awakening for so many people. Yeah. And absolutely. it's been probably collectively on the planet will go down as the biggest and greatest time of growth for people. Um, death itself is a teacher. 
So even, you know, as we've had, most people have experienced death or something near to it, that gets you to reevaluate what matters in your life. People who were laid off of a job said, I didn't even want to be doing that job. I want to start a business. People that have been putting off doing the things that they love doing are doing them. Yeah. People that have denied the things that mattered in their life are doing those things. And when I even told you about the tourism business that I started, I, I live in Sedona, Arizona now. It's a town of 10,000 people. but 6 million tourists a year. We have never seen this many people come here in one year. Unbelievable. And part of what Sedona draws people to is it's kind of like for a spiritual awakening or people kind of come here for healing. So people all over are coming to this little magical town for reflection, for growth, for healing, for introspection, for whatever they need. And that's happening in a beautiful, beautiful way. And I share this because no matter what's going on around us, it's always within our choice to choose to find the good, to find the well-being, to find happiness, to find gratitude. Yeah. Always, no matter what. Absolutely. And so the, the way I look, look at it, and I, well, of course, I know you agree. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> is the, the way I look at it, like metaphorically, is it's like a tornado and you're in the center of it or a hurricane or whatever. But sometimes it feels like that. It's like everything around you can be going nuts. Relationships, the economy, the government, the news. And you can be that calm center. It's so easy though to get hooked by any one of those things and get caught up in the tornado. Yeah. And to to find that equilibrium, that balance to just be that that center. To realize that nothing is more important than your well-being. Nothing. And what's at the top of your well-being? Happiness. So nothing is more important than you choosing happiness. Be why is nothing more important than that? You could sit there and say no, your family's more important. No, giving back is more important. Your loved ones, your kids. If you, no, because you cannot give what you don't have. And it always begins with you. You cannot give what you don't have. And when you don't have that happiness inside of you, 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 you can't be stressed, scared, broke, or sick enough to transform someone else's life. But when you can be in your center, when you can choose happiness, that is the opportunity to give that to somebody else, to, to pass that on to someone else. And that's why your well-being is always the most important. Yeah. I went off on a little tangent, but that's what no, happiness no. Yeah. means to me. So have you any final thoughts um, around, mm. especially the, the passion and the happiness of, of starting a new business? Have you any final thoughts or comments for, for someone who may be sitting tonight, as you say, after COVID, after lockdown, rethinking their future and looking at online yeah. business. Yeah. I think my final thoughts is to sum up everything I'm attempting to get across in as short as possible without it seeming like there's advice, like I know mm -hmm. anything. Um, if the desire is there to start or grow or make this business happen, listen to that. If the desire is there, the want, the yearning, the tug, start to listen to it and honor it. Yeah. And 
acknowledge that it will be really challenging. Okay. It's not meant to just be like, I want to do it. Okay, here we go. Million dollars. Boom, it worked. That's not how it works. You are going to get your freaking butt kicked. It's hard, right? Great it is challenging. <laughs> it is absolute personal growth. It will push you and challenge you. And, and it's testing you in immeasurable, unbelievable ways. Unbelievable. It'll be one of the hardest things you ever do. That and like being a parent, right? Yeah. Really, really hard. It's going to be tough. And you're tougher. So it's like going on a roller coaster. The roller coaster is going to have ups and downs, unpredictable turns, thrills, drops, sharp, sharp turns, right? And you get to experience that roller coaster one of two ways. You can either white knuckle it, screaming and suffering and trying to get off. Help me, help me, get me the heck off this thing. <laughs> Or you can just throw your arms up and start start laughing and smiling and choose happy. Yeah. And and today that's how I look at look at things. I'm if I'm not presented with a challenge, then I'm not growing. If something isn't pushing me, then I'm getting comfortable. I'm getting lazy. And I want to constantly be pushed because I want to constantly grow. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. Growing and becoming who we're here to be. That's my final thought. Thank you. And thank you so much for your time and for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thank you. And goodbye. See you later. <laughs> Take care. Bye.